Hey everybody, it's PF, um, kind of channeling Ira Glass again. I just wanted to bring you up to speed on some things that are happening here at Podcast House, which is uh, what I finally decided to call the studio here, uh, i.e. the family room where I'm recording the podcast. Um, I, I have uh, some news for you that is mostly bad news for me and is mostly good news for you, the listener. I will explain. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, without warning, uh, I was uh, thrown out of my uh, main job. And so I am now jobless, uh, apart from the freelance stuff that I do. And I thought of stopping the podcast and just concentrating on my job hunt, which I, which is what I've been doing uh, the whole time. I had two episodes in the can because we were supposed to go on vacation down to Florida, and we had to cancel that. So, But the Jimmy Pardo episode and the Pat Francis episode were already loaded uh, in and ready to go. I was going to not do the podcast anymore and you know just devote everything to the job hunt. And then I, as I was applying for jobs, I noticed that a lot of things I'm applying for, uh, they want people to have experience with new media, including podcasts. Some of them even named podcasts. I figured, well, shoot, I've got almost 5,000 listeners now. And uh, one, I don't want to let y'all down because I know you look forward at least to the interviews. I know you don't look forward maybe to the other stuff, which we'll get to in a second. But uh, so I, I want to keep that audience and be able to tell people, hey, you know, I've, I've built an audience of almost 5,000 people, so I must be able to do something right. And so... Um, uh, it, the the way you can guys can help me is you can do two things. If you know anybody that needs a freelance writer that wants to can work remotely, I'm in Cincinnati, but you know with the internet, you know writer can work remotely. Uh, do have them contact me at pfstaperecorder at gmail dot com. It's just all one word, pfstaperecorder. And uh, secondly, just keep listening, keep downloading this, uh, keep streaming it. Uh, however you listen to it, tell your friends to do the same, and maybe we can get up over 5,000 listeners, that would really help me a lot. Don't have to buy anything, you just have to listen. I'm not asking for donations, I'm not going to do anything like that. Podbean has a thing now where you can crowdfund, and I'm not going to do that. The, the, folk, the fact that you folks listen, you know, all 4,000, 4,600 of you, believe me, is payment enough. Alright, so what we're going to do here, uh, at least for the next couple of weeks, um, is we're going to kind of have the summer format, is what I'm calling it. And what that's going to involve is just basically it's just going to be the interviews, which is mostly what everyone's tuning in for anyway, I understand. I know people uh, are probably skipping past fake news and the dumb bit, even even though I enjoy doing those a lot. I, I recognize that it's the interviews that are bringing people in, quite frankly. Um, I do have one fake news joke for you that I did think of. Uh, I guess apparently Lester Holt has now been officially named the permanent anchor for NBC Nightly News, uh, although Brian Williams is reporting this, so I'm not sure of how accurate it is. Okay, so that was my little fake news joke for you. So what we're going to do like, is we're just going to do interview and hottest record in the world. So coming up, it's going to be Mark Marin, And uh, and then I have an announcement uh, on Mark's behalf at the end of the interview, which you may already know by now if you're listening to this. But just in case you don't, uh, there's a little announcement uh, concerning Mark that's very exciting at the end of this. Well, the hottest record in the world is from Andy Hawk and Trainwreck Endings. Brand, brand, brand new stuff. The CD isn't even out until June 26th. We have the CD. We're going to play the new single from it. It's fantastic. It's even better than Chasing the Sun, which was a big tune for me last year. And before we get to Mark, I just want to plug a couple of other podcasts that have uh, been very friendly to us uh, over the years and, and past couple of months. Of course, I always listen to Rock Solid with Pat Francis. He was on last week, of course, talking about Cheap Trick. Uh, Never Not Funny, of course, Jimmy Pardo. Always kind with his time, especially now. He's super, super busy. He's got a new show on the Discovery Channel, I think. Go check that out. He's developing shows for Conan, so uh, and he was very kind to you know to take the time to speak to us two weeks ago. Dad Rock over at USA Today, they've been uh, chit-chatting with us back and forth over the Twitter and such, and I'm supposed to meet with one of the hosts in July. He's going to be in Cincinnati, and we're going to grab a beer and talk about Dad Rock. So listen to Dad Rock. My uh, buddy Troy Hitch has a show now called Star Nerds. He talks about, of course, Star Wars. He's a big Star Wars nut, so do listen to that. He's only on his fourth episode, but... Um, 
you want to check that out. And then, of course, uh, my other old friend, our mutual friend, uh, Troy and I, our mutual friend, uh, Big Jim Lugers, of course, who you've uh, heard on this podcast before. Uh, he has the Big Pretty podcast. Do listen to that. He's doing uh, quite well with that. He's doing a, a, a series in Indianapolis, too, called um, An Evening with the Authors. I believe he hosts that. So if you're ever in Indianapolis, check that out as well. It's funny with Troy and Big Jim uh, is that we used to all work together at a record store. And uh, I always felt like Bruno Kirby in Good Morning Vietnam when I was around those guys because those guys are just so genuinely funny and funny in their bones. I was just like, you know, I believe in my heart I'm funny, sir. <laughs> it, was, it was quite daunting because those guys are just super, super funny. So listen to all those podcasts. And uh, we're going to get to Mark Marin here. And I will see you on the other side with uh, Big Mark Marin News and the hottest record in the world. Okay. <laughs> um, I wouldn't have troubled you again this time around uh, for your visit to Minneapolis, but um, I binge-watched uh, Marin from IFC uh, via Netflix uh, about a month ago, and boy, I really liked it a lot, so I kind of want to talk to you uh, a little bit uh, about the show and how that's been going for you. Um, are you in production now on it, or have you finished Season 3 production? Um, we're all done, man. All the shows are in the can, and they're airing Thursday night. You know, we had them done, you know, before the season started airing. So, okay. So, uh, so that's all, you know, that's all happened. All right. And they're all, it's a very, it's a very funny season. I'm very happy with this season. I think it's the funniest one we've done for sure. Oh, good. Um, yeah, because, I mean, the show really seemed to find its legs uh, pretty quickly, even at the outset. You know, a lot of shows take, you know, at least six, seven episodes before you're like, oh, okay, I know where, you know, before you get a feel for it. But uh, yours came together pretty quickly. Is that maybe because since it's kind of based on you, it's a fictional Mark? Do we kind of know Mark from the podcast? Do you think that kind of helped people get acclimated a lot quicker? I don't really know, you know, generally speaking, how, you know, people acclimated or whether they didn't. I know that the show was, you know, based on my life. Uh, but, I, you know, for me, I think it still took, uh, it, you know, the first season I thought was good. Uh, you know, but there was a lot of things I needed to learn, you know, uh, about the experience of writing and acting and producing television. And then the second season, I think, was better. I got a little more comfortable. And I think this season, you know, is even better because, you know, I'm very comfortable with the process. You know, I was working with guys that we all, you know, knew each other. And, uh, and we were able to take a little more liberty story-wise in terms of, you know, you know, really sort of being comfortable with uh, doing fictional stories with this character that you know is me uh it just it was a natural evolution Uh, but i i appreciate you saying that people acclimated quickly i I think the show has has really found its voice you know you know about midway through second season and into this season now there were two episodes back to back i really enjoyed and i I think i'm thinking they're from the second season the one where you accidentally stole a joke from eddie pepitone who's playing a fictitious comic is that that's toward the end of season two isn't it yeah, it's yeah, okay. the end of season two. Yeah, that was that was a really hilarious one. And then uh, and my friend Jimmy Pardo turns up in that and does a nice job. He says he can say about four lines in a show, and he, he gets that done. <laughs> and then uh, and the one with Phil Hendry was really cool, too. Were you a fan of Hendry's before, or was someone else in the 
uh, involved with the show involved no Hendry and got him involved that way? Yeah, no, I, I, was, I liked Bill, and I'd interviewed him before, and I was a fan of his work, and I thought he'd be the right guy to play. It was kind of written around him. And, yeah. You know, obviously, uh, you know, he does his thing on there. Yeah, I definitely was a fan of Bill, and I definitely wanted to sort of do something to uh, honor the, the medium of radio. Yes, I think he did that very well. Took a couple of pokes at uh, corporate media and, uh, and honored Phil. Um, of course, Phil playing himself. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Phil, uh, you know, playing himself does a good job. You kind of playing yourself, you know, doing a good job. You know, people always think that might be easy, but really it's still acting, isn't it? I mean, it isn't really a big difference if you're playing somebody completely different versus playing, because you still have to, you know, get inside a scene and get inside a moment, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's a, it's a scripted show, and, you know, it's all, you know, it all everything is run through me, and I'm part of the writing process, and, 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 but it is different, you know. You you are doing scenes over and over again. You are trying to to you know get lighting and acting and 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 movement and everything right and the, and the beats right. So yeah, it's 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 a, it's a whole other muscle. It's a whole other job. And it was not you know something I'd done a lot of uh, when I started. But now like you know I'm a little more comfortable with it. But it is tricky to play yourself because that you know that's you know these are this is me within these stories that are 22 minutes long and it's a slightly heightened version of me in that. Yeah. I think I'm a little more of a dick most of the time <laughs> uh, in, in fictional land. And, you know, yeah. and I'm a little less evolved uh, than I am in real life, maybe, uh, on a good day. But <laughs> Well, because as, as having but, having the success you've had in the, in the past couple of years kind of made you, like, I guess, a little uh, less on edge and, a, and maybe a little, maybe mellowed you out a little bit? Has it mellowed me out? Yeah. Um... I don't, you know, I think it's, I, I think I'm a little more comfortable with myself. Uh, I think that's, I can, I, I, I feel that. And I think just by virtue of age and, and by virtue of the fact that, you know, I, I you know, I'm, I'm doing okay, you know, I'm making a living and you know, I have health and coverage, health insurance, and I'm, you know, relatively in good shape. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of those things all coming together made me a little more comfortable with myself and a little more relaxed, but. I, I still, you know, it's, it's not easy being in my head on, on some <laughs> days, but but I think I'm better. Yeah, I think I'm I'm better than I used to be. Yeah, I ask because we're we're you're only two years older than me, and I just found in the past couple of years, just things just don't bother me as much anymore. You know, you know someone scratches my car. No, I eh. mean, why would they? You know, yeah, just like just, you know, you start to realize as you get yeah. older, it's like, why am I even you know angry about that? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but does it surprise you when you see other people that are still wound kind of tight, and you're thinking like, you know, dude? That doesn't surprise me. I mean, it's just you know, everybody's going to go through it, you know. That's true. I yeah. mean, you're not going to you know, talk anybody out of their feelings about things necessarily. You can, but I mean, you can't. You certainly can't tell people it's like you know you're not going to worry about this in a couple of years because you know it's, it's just you when you're in it, you're in it. Yeah, that's true. And I, yeah. You know, I remember hearing that. I remember hearing that kind of stuff and just thinking, like, you know, you know, shut up, old guy. What do you know, man? <laughs> this is life or death. Life or death right now. Yeah. So, All right. Well, so, good luck with it. <laughs> so on stage, um, is is that kind of uh, affected your voice as well? Not affected, just changed your voice um, uh, proportionally? Or are you, you still, you know, find a way to, you know, get irritated by things enough to make it entertaining? I don't know, you know, I, I don't think I've ever been funnier, really. You know, I think that, you know, right now, uh, I, I mean, it's like, 
I don't know if it's irritation. It's just the, the struggle, you know. It's, it doesn't go away. I mean, you know, life isn't easy uh, for most people for one reason or another. I mean, it just doesn't change for for anybody. I mean, you know, you can have good runs and you can be okay in a lot of ways and not okay. Um, it's just, you know, I have met very few people where it's just sort of like, yeah, everything's perfect. I, you know, those kind of, it's just riding a line between, you know, uh, complaining and, and having, you know, some some sort of insight or relief from the struggle of whatever your struggle is. I, I don't find any that that's any different for me. I'm just more comfortable on stage and a little more confident in my voice uh, and, and my ability to be funny. It's like it sort of all finally come to a place where I, you know, I'm just enjoying it. I'm doing good shows, but I, I don't think that anyone's going to, you know, walk out going, you know, I wish he was more unhappy. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. Um, but uh, maybe some of the you know the longtime fans might. Because now you're in a place where you know ninety percent of the room is there to see you, and maybe only a few people come in because there's a it's a comedy club or you know friends brought them along. Does that also give you a, a bit of confidence too, knowing that you know it's 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 really your crowd now there? Yeah, no, I I like that, you know, and it, and also like I like new people too, but like uh, it, a lot of people are still coming to me. You know, they are my crowd, but a lot of people now, I get people who have only seen the TV show and don't know the podcast or, you know, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, and and I oh, just, yeah. I've gotten to the point where I just want to, you know, do, you know, do a good show and be as funny as possible. You, you know, I'm, I'm, and that's sort of what I've been doing. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. I guess there are people that have probably have arrived at the TV show because, you know, TV is so big now. People are always looking for that next show to watch. And, of course, IFC's got a good reputation, so they're probably like, oh, this Marin thing's got to be pretty good, and rightly so. Um, it's kind of weird to I me. The so. people, I don't know how yeah. they come to me. You know, I yeah. mean, there's, you know, there, there's a special on Netflix. There's two seasons of the show on Netflix. There's, um, you know, the podcast. It's just, and, and also, you know, to be honest with you, most people, you know, don't know who I am. So, I mean, it's, it's hard to know, you know, yeah. where things are. Yeah. Well, it, it's strange because a lot of people don't know who a lot of people are. Even if you think of the most famous people in the world, there's a there's billions of people that don't know who they are. Like I used to write for a radio show no, here in town. Absolutely. Top, that's absolutely. yeah, that's absolutely. this guy was the top guy yeah. in the market, and I'd say I write for the Gary Burbank show, and people would go, "Who?" So you know, yeah, no, um, yeah, I know. Now speaking of the podcast, uh, things are going well, uh, of course, uh, with the podcast still, and. Um, uh, do you th- see things getting bigger? What's the next hurdle that podcasting has to face? I mean, I think we, we, we had this discussion last time, but, um, you know, it seems it gets incrementally better for podcasting, but what's uh, where does it go from here? I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like, I, 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 it seems to be going wherever it's going. I mean, I imagine, you know, eventually someone will create some sort of interface that makes it relatively easy to have it in your car. And yeah. I... I you know, more people are coming to the medium because of the publicity that Serial got, and it's still a growing medium. I mean, who's going to sort of wrangle an interface together that, that is going to, you know, actually make it transcend possibly radio? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. You know, we just keep working. Keep working. You keep our head down and keep keep plugging away. Um, I interviewed, I got the chance to interview Ira Glass, who you spoke to uh, a couple of years ago, and he, he told me that podcasting seems like it's soccer. It's always going to be the next big thing. <laughs> It never quite is, um, but I think we're doing a little better than soccer. I guess you know. I you know, it, it, it really comes down to like you know, who's going to hang on, who isn't. You know, there are podcasts yeah. that work fine. 
you know, but, you know, how do you make a living at it if that's what you want to do with it? You know, I don't know. The, uh, everyone's got to answer those questions for themselves. And there's really no guarantee about any of that. I mean, anybody can do it. Yeah. Anyone can do a podcast, but it really depends on what you want out of it. I, you know, I didn't, I had really nothing invested in, in mine when I, when I, uh, started. I didn't, I didn't see it as a means to make a living or even to sell tickets. I just saw it as something I had to do. So, you know, our, our sort of growth kind of coincided with the growth of the medium. But I, I, I don't really know, you, you know, what ultimately is going to happen. I know there's a lot of them out there. And, uh, I know a lot of people, you know, are trying, keep trying to do it. And I don't know what people expect. I assume, uh, eventually that, that there will be some sort of transition, uh, into how, you know, podcasts are delivered and where they're delivered. Cause there's still a lot of people that just don't quite have the hang of it. So the more, uh, technology that arrives that make it even easier for people to understand what they are, I guess it'll slowly be, it'll slowly replace, um, you know, radio as we know it, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah, cause you know, if you look at the success of you and, and Jimmy Pardo and, uh, Adam Carolla and people like that, you know, not only is it, you know, become a, a separate medium, but it's also allowed, you know, folks like me, I could have done this 20 years ago. I could have gone and done stand up 20 years ago. I could have been in a rock band 20 years ago and played in front of 50 people. But to do something like this, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's really been uh, amazing. And, you know, the fact that you get, people like you are out there and having success and, and Jimmy and all those guys kind of makes it, you know, at least doable for people who just want to do it as a hobby, but still kind of get something out of it. Yeah, no, I mean, it's great. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great medium and, and I, and I, and I love it. Yeah. I, I wish everybody a tremendous amount of, uh, of luck with, uh, you know, with, with, with their, with their, with their podcast and, and how, you know what I mean? I, I just, I'm glad that it gives something for people. You know, I'm glad people uh, people have the medium to, to to try something. You know, it's great. Yeah, and um, now we're we're where are we with the patent troll thing these days? I know you were you and Adam were uh, big on the battlefront there, and I guess last I heard, they the the troll suffered a setback. Well, not just a setback. That was a huge victory, and, and nobody really reported on it, and and nobody yeah, really even was... talked about it. It's sort of disappointing. It was like a it was not a set. It's not a setback. It's a victory. Oh, cool! And, and nobody really seemed to take the time, you know, to sort of track the evolution of that story, which was phenomenal. And you know what happened was was an, an amazing, uh, uh, like it was an amazing struggle that that had a, a great resolution. Um, yeah, the patent troll that patent was defeated uh, because podcasters rallied together and, you know, brought, you know, enough money into, uh, the, uh, uh, the, uh, I, oh God, the EFF. Yes. Um, I'm just like not firing on all cylinders today, dude. <laughs> You're fine, man. Um, well, you know, I don't know if you heard, you know about this, but the, uh, it, they tried to pull the same bullshit on the, the folks that run the website or not the web service Carbonite. A similar thing, saying, hey, we invented a way to back up files on the internet. We just said, we invented a way to back up files on the internet, and Carbonite refused to give in, too. And they said, go pound salt, and they won that one, too. So hopefully this thing has gone away uh, completely. Yeah, but, but see, like, the thing is, is, like, you know, what it was just, it was like, you know, we were all freaked out, or, or a few of us 
you know, were freaked out. And then we got everybody else freaked out. And there was really something to freak out about. Yeah. But there was this assumption on behalf of uh, people, the podcasters, that like, I guess it'll go away. But, you know, there was, a, there was, a, you know, it had to be, it had to be reckoned with. Yeah. So, you know, when it came down to it, you know, I wasn't sued, but I was threatened and, and Adam was sued. And when it came down to it, we were, you know, we were in trouble. There was, a, there was a problem. Yeah. And, and it didn't seem to really, it was hard to wrap your brain around. So, you know, simultaneous to Adam, you know, putting together a war chest to engage in this, in this legal fight, uh, you know, in order to not just pay this guy out and set a precedent for the, the patent as being, you know, uh, workable, uh, you know, a, a bunch of us rallied to get the Electronic Frontier Foundation. To, they took it on as their per, as, as a cause for their uh, organization, a nonprofit organization that deals with the, these issues. And they, they put together a re-exam for the patent, and they filed it with the patent office. And the patent office, after, you know, several months of deliberation, decided that the patent was not, you know, was a natural evolution of pre-existing technologies, and that if any part of a patent is proven to be not not kosher or not uh, or, or, or or wrong uh, in in the eyes of the patent office, the whole the whole patent goes to to, to pot. Yeah. So that patent that they were using against podcasters and had promised, you know, after they, you know, after they they promised Adam that they'd leave us all alone because in their eyes they said it was, you know, uh, there was not enough money in it. But ultimately, it's like, why do you want to shake this beehive? You know. Yeah. So, so over the course, the the the, the patent being um, invalidated by the patent office is a huge, huge success that just kind of, you know, kind of just sat there. So, you know, like nobody really, you know, got involved in telling the story. Bye. Okay. Yeah. See you later. Uh, uh, but uh, but yeah, so it was a victory. It was not a setback. It was it was a victory uh, on on that front. Yeah, I guess maybe because the, at the front end it got a little bit of coverage because people like you and Adam or people know were, were threatened with this thing and their livelihood was in danger of being taken away. But then when it did get resolved, the resolution was kind of boring. It's just like, oh, it was invalidated. <laughs> There's not the. It didn't sound as. Uh, it didn't sound well, as it, sexy. It was, it's not that it's boring. It's just a complicated story. Right. Well, yeah. Uh, and nobody well, wanted to take the time. Yeah. To sort of put together the pieces of that story. Hmm. It's an amazing story, and and you know it's it's sad that an internet. Uh, or technology magazine or, 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 or blog didn't really track the whole thing because like the, the sort of way, the story of how it started and, 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 and where it went is pretty amazing. It's, yeah. it's an amazing sort of, um, fight that you, and it's a victory on, on that, on that battlefront. And, hmm. and I don't know if people aren't interested or it's not sexy enough or they're, you know, they don't have journalists that are, are willing to take the time to sort of put something, a story like that together. Uh, but it was a little disappointing that it didn't get more coverage. Hmm. Sounds like something. It was, pretty, it was a pretty great story. Sounds like something I should probably pick up on what, what with being a podcaster and a journalist. Um, maybe I'll do that. Because I know NPR Planet Money covered the beginning of it, and they did the story about Carbonite fighting that patent troll. And patent troll was all the rage, and then, yeah, it just kind of went away. But, yeah, that's just probably something I, I should probably pursue. <laughs> Well, no, but it's just that, like, you know, the stories are personal stories. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, we were meeting with guys. We were trying to figure out how to solve this problem, and I was constantly in touch with the EFF, and, you know, I tried to get everyone to sort of meet with Adam, and he was open to it, and, like, there, there's about 10 of us who were like, what are we going to do about this? And then we drew, we pulled in this guy that, you know, wanted to, you know, set up a business fighting patent trolls. I mean, there's a lot of, like, you know, there was a lot of beats to this thing, Hmm. That you know uh, that that were you know, was pretty 
was pretty harrowing and pretty scary, you know, and, and yeah. Adam, like, you know, to talk to him about, you know, what it was like to, to so he had to fight it, you, you know, I mean, all they wanted was one of us to pay out something. Yeah. You're right. And then they could have said, you know, but no one did. And, and, and Adam, you know, went to bat and, and, you know, it, it, and they, they kind of just, he, he, he could have fought all the way through and then countersued, but it would have costed a tremendous amount of money that he didn't have. And that, oh, yeah. you know, it was hard to sort of pull that together. But they, they kind of promised in writing that they'd leave us alone. But who knows, you know, with those, with those kind of things, how, how does that hold up? But the fact that the CFF thing, uh, you know, the re-exam, you know, worked in our favor was just, you know, it was amazing. It was, it was a very exciting day when that news got handed down to, to those of us who were, you know, you know actively involved in the right, whole process. Right. Well, fortunately, it turned out well for uh, for everybody. Of course, the whole thing just kind of goes along with what we were kind of talking about before. Is you just never know where the next hit's going to come from, where someone's going to try and come up and, you know, take a poke at you from some direction. You don't even know where, you know? It's, it, it's yeah, crazy. It's bullshit. Yeah. It's a bullshit. It's a bullshit predatory, uh, you know, borderline criminal operation. <laughs> yeah. You know, to, cut, you know, to come off the end, to come, to come after the end users. Yeah. Is, uh, you know, and, and, to, and, and for that, for that to actually exist, that 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 opportunity or the ability to do that is criminal. It's criminal. Um, I got but, one last yeah. question for you, real quick. Of going back to the show, I just wanted to ask you about the the kid that plays your assistant. Is he back in season three? Yes. Oh, good. He's so funny. I really like him. Yeah, he's funny. So, I, yeah, we got him back for a couple episodes. Yeah, he was, it's hard to sort of you got to get him. You got to get HBO to agree to let him go from Silicon Valley. Oh, that's uh, right. He's on. Yeah, see, I don't have HBO, so I can't see that. A lot of good people are on that show. Um, and uh, yeah. Martin Starr, who you had on your show, and that was a great interview. And oh, I wanted to tell you too. Yeah. Um, NPR sent around this thing they were trying to they wanted people to suggest podcast episodes and specific episodes of specific shows. And the one I suggested of yours was one with uh, Melanie Linsky, the gal from Two and a Half Men. I thought that was a, a great interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was she's great. Yeah, it's just uh, you, you guys really kind of connected there. Like you wouldn't have thought, uh, you know, a, a comedian from New Mexico via Boston and a uh, comedic actors from New Zealand would have had so much in common, but that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, people have things in common. <laughs> yeah, you just, you just never know. Well, okay, man. Well, no matter where they're from, <laughs> people are sort of <laughs> similar, you know, people yeah. are people. People, people are people. As Depeche Mode told us. Oh, and I enjoyed the Depeche Mode reference in that one episode too, by the way. That was <laughs> it all comes, that? I enjoyed the Depeche Mode reference in that one episode of your show. Uh, I believe that was the oh, one where you, buddy. yeah, that was, uh, as an old Depeche Mode fan, I enjoyed some of the, some of the knocks that the boys <laughs> took there. <laughs> yeah, um, that and, took a little bit of a hit, they'll be all right. There, yeah, and in real life, any ever interest in, in Depeche Mode, or was that just kind of a joke for the show? Uh, no, I was never a big fan, I, 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 I sort of, um, I remember a few of their songs. Okay. Oh, um, I know. Yeah, I, I think I did have one, I had maybe two of their albums. Oh, okay. Well, that yeah. uh, more than I th- two more than I would have thought. And did you get to meet Mick at uh, in San Diego? Uh, that was the big question I wanted to ask. You. I almost forgot to ask it. No, I didn't get to meet any of them. They, oh. they, you know, they got us good seats, so we had a great time. Oh, that's cool. Well, awesome. That yeah. was a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll have to link to that episode too. Uh, you interviewing uh, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards on separate episodes <laughs> and containing your fan them, uh pretty well, I would say. <laughs> Barely. Barely. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. All right, man. I'll let you go. Really appreciate you taking the time with your very, very busy schedule. And, uh, you know, good luck as always. Hope we get you back here in Cincinnati sometime soon. And in the meantime, this will be in print uh, and online in City Pages when we'll get a bunch of folks out there in Minneapolis to see you. So. All right, buddy. I'm looking forward to coming back. Nice talking. All right. Thanks, Mark. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Thanks again to Mark Marin for being on the show. Don't forget to catch Mark's sitcom on IFC. It is called Marin, appropriately enough. You can catch seasons one and two on Netflix. Binge watch those. Get caught up. Very, very good. Highly recommended. Uh, Andy Kindler is also uh, in a couple of episodes. He is hilarious. And uh, we're going to have Andy on in a few weeks as well, uh, by the way. And uh, the, the kid that was briefly on the Big Bang Theory we were talking about, I guess he's now on Silicon Valley. And, uh, well, he's funny as Mark's assistant. Man, he's, he's like probably my favorite one. I wish there, we need more of him uh, in the show. All right, so I'm going to forego the usual credits. You can go back and cherry pick an old episode to find out who did the logo and who did the music and all that stuff. Uh, and speaking of music, we're going to get to the hottest record in the world. Oh, I forgot that Mark Maron announcement. Uh, you probably already know this. Uh, this episode is going to drop on, let me see, Sunday the 21st. And on Monday the 22nd, Mark Maron is going to have as his guest on WTF, Barack Obama. Huh? How about that? That was just, uh, saw that on Facebook today and uh, the Hollywood Reporter tweeted it out. So I don't know how aware of this you're going to be by the time this show drops or how big a news it's going to be, but it's huge, huge news. So, um... I just interviewed a guy that interviewed Barack Obama. So uh, one step away from interviewing the most powerful man in the world. So I think that's pretty cool. So tune into WTF uh, this week. If you're uh, listening to this after uh, the Monday the 22nd, obviously just go to WTF. I think it's WTFpod.com or iTunes, wherever you get your podcast, and listen to the interview with Barack Obama. And, and let me be the first to speculate what that'll go like. So where are you from? <laughs> well, I grew up in Hawaii and uh, had a... Single mother, and uh, you know, it might be like somebody, something like that. So, uh, very looking forward to that. We are now for the hottest record in the world. It is from our unofficial house band, Andy Hawk and the Trainwreck Endings. And uh, of course, Andy released a song last year called "Chasing the Sun," and uh, it finished in my top forty for the year. Uh, if you, as you heard in January, we counted down the uh, the top five fangirl, and I did. But uh, he has a whole brand new album that's called American Vertigo. The uh, power cut is called Sunshine Water Dance. It is also the new single, and uh, it is great. I like it even better than Chasing the Sun. I don't think that was possible. I think this is, this is Andy's best work by ever by far. Uh, do catch him if you're out on the East Coast. Go to his Facebook page, Andy Hawk and the Trainwreck Endings. Mostly tours the East Coast. Sometimes goes down to Austin. You, you'll want to catch him live. Americana, country, blues kind of situation. You're going to dig it. The hottest record in the world is Sunshine Water Dance. Andy Hawk and the Trainwreck Endings. So long, and thanks for listening.
any tambourine and swim right through Find you in another place The ocean hides your old suitcase Breaking waves, man You know that it's your chance 